You know, you have those weeks where sometimes the songs that we sing just um, move you and touch you in ways that they don't other weeks, right? Um, sometimes that happens to us. God moves in us sometimes through music as we sing praises and offer up worship to him. I'm going to try my best this morning um, to get through this without hacking up a lung um, while I'm up here. I have had a real struggle this week um, trying to fight off this cold. And for whatever reason, when I get a cold, man, I get a cold. Like, it, it just goes all out. And um, so I'm going to see what happens. Hopefully I'll be able to talk long enough. I know some of you are like, well, maybe his voice will give out like 10 minutes in and we can go get lunch early. So, hey, that may happen. The other thing I'm going to try to do is not sniff too much into the mic because you're going to hear it every time I do it um, because this mic picks up everything that happens uh, in my facial area. So uh, I'm going to do my best, okay? So y'all bear with me this morning? Yeah. Okay, good. So if you're a guest, uh, hope, wow, this thing is like really hot today, huh? If you're a guest with us, uh, let me be hopefully like the 10th or 11th person that has said to you, man, we are glad that you are here today with us at Kettering Church. I'm glad you took a part of your Sunday and chose to spend it right here with us at Kettering Church. Hopefully, you'll see or hear or experience something that will make you want to come back and be with us again. We are a church that seeks to love people like Jesus loves them, guide them into a growing relationship with Jesus. This year, we're going to be talking a whole lot about what it means to be family. In order for us to get to that, though, we're trying to lay some foundational groundwork for what the church is. What is this thing that we call church? Uh, what is it supposed to look like? What is it supposed to be? How did God intend it? Are the things that we do um, really church? Is this building church? Like, what is church? And so last week we talked a little bit about that. We introduced the idea of ecclesia to you, talking about that church is not really a building. It's not really even an organization. It is a gathering of people who are followers of Jesus Christ, who come together for one common purpose. That can be three or four people that are gathered in someone's home or in a coffee shop. It can be 100 people that are gathered in a building. It can be 5,000 people who are gathered in a building or 30,000 people who are gathered in a building. It can look many, many different ways. But the church is a collective of people. It is not a building. It is not a group of policies and procedures. It is not um, a set of bylaws. It is, it is none of those things. Those things can happen in the context of church. But the church is the gathering of God's people together. Now, one of the things that we're trying really hard to do this year uh, is emphasize this idea of family. So we want to talk not just about what it means to be a church family, but hopefully build up and strengthen individual families within the church. One of the ways that we want to give you an opportunity to do that is those of you who are couples who have children. Are there any couples who have children here, right, that cannot stay home by themselves yet? You're not quite in that space? Listen, we have an, a golden opportunity for you <clears throat> on Valentine's Day this year. Valentine's Day, the 14th of February. Parents' night out, okay? This is an opportunity for you to bring your kids to a place that you know, hopefully a place that you trust, okay? Um, and leave them here while you go out and have a date. Now, come on, that's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Now, this is also a fundraiser for our Easter egg hunt, okay? So we're trying to, like, uh, do two things at once here, okay? So if you don't have kids who cannot stay home by themselves, but you know people 
who have kids that cannot quite stay home by themselves, then promote this event to them, okay? $15 per child. That will cover their, their care from 6.30 to 11.30, folks. That's, yeah, for 15 bucks. Now, that's a pretty good deal, don't you think? How many of you can get a babysitter for that cheap? No, you cannot. Well, if you can, you're cheap, okay? I'm just have to call it like it is, okay? But 15 bucks, that includes a meal for the kids, um, and they'll be taken care of. So spread the word. You can sign up online. You can register online. You can even pay online. You can point people toward our Facebook page, okay, our Kettering Church Facebook page. Uh, there's a ticket section. You can just sign. You can do everything right there. How easy is that? Super easy. You can even do it right now in here through Uversion. How many of you are Uversion users? We got any Uversion people in here? If you're not a Uversion user and you would like to be, raise your hand. You don't know how to do it, right? Wayne, look at this. Come on, Scott. You got those cards. Bring one down here to Wayne, right? Okay, so what we're trying to do is make this as accessible as we can to everybody. So we've got these little cards that we printed up. Eventually, we're going to try to put them in the pew backs, but they fall over. They don't, like, it's just, I don't know. We're trying to come up with a better system. But anyway, right inside version, there's a link. You can just click on it. It'll take you right there. How cool is that? Very cool. It's very simple, okay? So help us out. All the money that is raised through the Parents' Night Out, with the exception of what it costs to provide the food, will go straight into our local outreach fund to help fund our Easter egg hunt. And if there's any leftover funds, they will then go to support our uh, VBS in the summertime. Okay? Cool? So parents, listen. The whole idea behind this is not just a fundraiser, but it's to give you a chance to go out and have a date, to spend time just the two of you. Okay? Hopefully giving you an opportunity to strengthen your marital bond and in turn your family bond. Okay? So let's jump right into what we're going to talk about today. We've been talking about what the church is last week. We talked about the church as the bride of Christ, one of the metaphors that is used in Scripture to describe the church. There are lots of them. We're not going to cover all of them, but we did talk about the bride of Christ last week. This week, we're going to talk about the body of Christ. Next week, we're going to talk about the church as living stones, okay? But this week, we're going to talk about the church as the body of Christ. And so we're going to read a pretty lengthy passage of Scripture, and it's not going to be up on the screens because it's really long. And so... I'm just going to read it. If you're following along in version, great. If you have a paper Bible or some other device that you're reading on, please follow along. Uh, here we go. We're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, one of the most famous mentions in Scripture about the church as the body of Christ, talking about the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 12 all the way down through verse 27. And then we'll jump back and we'll talk about it a little bit. Just as the human, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. For those of you who have multiple translations on your device, um, I chose to read from the Passion today, this week. Um, I kind of like this version in in this passage. So, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, 
It's forgetting that it's still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different? No, no, no. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of just one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with great respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern. <clears throat> and whatever happens to one member happens, I'm so, so lost here. And so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. You are the body of the anointed one, and each of you is a unique and vital part of it. In this section, we are reading a letter that Paul has written to the church, okay? Paul is writing, trying to explain to the church, listen, you are all equally important to the work of the church. Sometimes... There's confusion about this. And some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor Brian's going to go on a tirade about telling us how we're all equally important in the church and we all need to be doing something. That's not what we're going to talk about today. Okay? So those of you who thought that's the road we were going, you can relax. Okay? You can break down the walls a little bit. Don't be so defensive. Okay? That's not what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking a little bit about why the metaphor the body of Christ. Just like we did last week when we talked about why the bride of Christ. What I want to look at today is why would Paul choose? What is the benefit in Paul choosing to use the metaphor, the body of Christ, to describe the church? And what does it mean to us? Why should we care about it? And so having read what we've just read, Paul is using the illustration of a physical human body to illustrate how the church functions, and kind of what the church is, okay? So it doesn't take a stretch for any of us to understand how this works. This metaphor, it doesn't, we don't need to think really hard to understand how it works. But there are some things that I want to talk about in regard to our physical body first. I want us to think about the importance of our physical bodies. So, okay, so concerning your physical body, there are four things I want you to think about. Okay, four things that, about our body. Number one, the first thing I want you to think about is this. Your body is a container for your spirit. Okay? On this earth, your human body is like the physical container for your spirit. You are more than your human body, correct? Yes? There's way more to you than the physical container that holds you. Okay? But in order for us to be able to relate to each other as human beings, we have to have a container that kind of holds this this spirit that we have within us. And so the first thing I want you to think about is this, that your physical body 
is the container for your spirit while you dwell on this earth. That matters. Y'all got that? Your body is not just merely like a, a bunch of flesh and bones and organs and blood and tissues and cells and all of that, okay? It is that, but it contains your spirit. So the first thing I want you to understand about your human body is this. It contains our spirit. It contains your spirit. That is important, okay, because we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. It contains our spirit. The second thing that it does is it identifies us, okay? Your human body identifies you. Everybody understand that? You know me by looking at the physical expression of my human self, my human body, right? You can see my face and you can know that it's me. If my son were to come up to you, while he may sound like me a little bit, and if he were singing, he may sound like me a little bit, as soon as you saw him, you would be like, that's not Brian, that's Isaiah, right? And why is that? Because your human body identifies you. It is how we're able to relate to each other physically. I can see that you are who you are. But if I'm blind, I may be able to touch you and feel the contours of your skin, and know you are or are not who I think that you are, correct? Yeah, we watch a a movie in Challenge 2, Jane Eyre. Have any of you seen the movie Jane Eyre or read the book? Maybe some of you. One of you has read the book. Wow. It's a British literature book. It's not very good anyway. Um, I'm I'm kidding. It's really not bad. But, But there's a scene, there's a scene in that book where one of the main characters loses his eyesight, and the woman that he loves has come back to him even though he's blind and he reaches out and he feels her hand and he knows who it is merely by the touch of her hand, okay? You see, your human body not only contains your spirit, but it identifies you, okay? So your human body contains your spirit, it identifies you, and then this third one, some of you are going to struggle with a little bit, but it says something about us, okay? Now, here's what I mean by this. Our bodies say something about us based on what we want it to say. Are y'all with me? Okay? Whether some of you want to acknowledge that this is real or not, it, it really is, we can decorate, if you will, our bodies to express something inside of us. True? Yes? Now, you can say words that will express something that is in you. True? And you can write words, and you can create art, and you can do all kinds of things that express something that's inside of you. But you can also portray your human body in such a way as to say something about yourself. Yes. It's interesting. Um, I try really hard to keep up with cultural trends, but I don't do a very good job with it. And so my kids are always like, you know, teenagers are always, they're right there on the cutting edge of cultural trends, and I am so far behind. But they're always using these terms to describe people, especially with the advent of social media, right? Okay, so right now, um, I forget what it's called, but there, um, there are names that we are now attaching to people, like a, a genre of person, based on what they do on social media. Some of the clothes that they wear, some of the ways they like, wear their hair or, their, or whatever it is, right? 
And so there's like a, a word that will attach to people, right? Now, I want you to understand that that is one of the ways that we can use our body to say something about ourselves. Some of the ways that maybe we will use makeup can say something about what we're trying to say or express, yes? Okay? Some of the clothing that we may put on our bodies may be used to say something about us. So we're wanting to say something without using words. Y'all with me? Now, there are other ways that our bodies can say something about us. Let's say that you're not like me, okay, but you're really fit and in shape, okay? Right? You work out, someone sees you, and your body in that way might say something about what you do in your free time, right? Now, my body might say something to you about what I do in my free time. Y'all with me? Okay? And it's not just me, and it's not just the the fitness expert or whatever, but all of us, in some ways, our bodies tend to say something about us. Yes? Our bodies contain our spirit. They identify us. They say something about us. And here's the fourth one. This one's really important. Our bodies often cause judgment. Okay? Oftentimes, our bodies, our physical self, causes people to make judgments about us. True? Yeah. How many of you have ever had this happen? Maybe some of you have had this happen. I'm not going to ask you to explain it, okay? I'm just asking if you've ever had it happen, okay? Sometimes people will make a judgment about us based on our bodies. In some ways, this happens because we are male or female, right? Sometimes we make judgments about people because they're male or female. Sometimes we'll make judgments about people based on the color of their skin, yeah? Sometimes we make judgments about people based on the type of clothing that they wear or the way they wear certain clothing. Sometimes we will make judgments about people based on whether or not they're fit or not. Yes? Yeah? Sometimes we'll make judgments about people based on the type of clothing that they wear or the way that they take care of their body, assuming that they are wealthy or they are poor. Right? You see, the body that we have contains our spirit. It identifies us. It says something about us. And oftentimes causes other people to judge us or make judgments about us based on our body. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, that's neat, but what does this have to do with anything related to the church as the body of Christ? Well, I wanted to lay a foundation for you to begin thinking about what is the purpose of the body and then begin thinking about, well, why would God choose to express the idea of the church as the body of Christ. Now, maybe some of you can begin to see where we're going here, okay? The body of Christ, Christ walked on this earth many, many years ago. He died, raised up from the grave, and then ascended back into heaven 40 days later, which means he's no longer here. Right. So the church, the collective of all the people who've chosen to live their lives for Christ, serves now as his body. So what does that say then, using the criteria we just gave you, about the church? What does the church contain, supposedly? The Spirit of God should be alive and well in his church, yes? Because it should be the container for his spirit. 
the church should identify what? We should identify Christ. In other words, when people see the church, they should think, oh, that's what Christ looks like. Because we're supposed to identify Christ to people. We also, the church, says something about Christ, yes? In the same way your body says something about you, in the same way you take care of your body or don't take care of your body or whatever it is, in the same way that that says something about you, we as the global collective of Christ followers that make up the church, we say something about Christ. Yes? And then lastly, but definitely not least, The way we look, the way the church looks, often causes people to make judgments about what? About you? Oh, about Christ, right? You see, let's remember, your body, this collection of bones and flesh and all this stuff, contains your spirit. So your body says something about your spirit, true? And so... When we talk about the church being the body of Christ, this is a really important concept to wrap our heads around. That there's this thought that what we do, the way we choose to portray ourselves to the world, doesn't just say something about us. It says something about Christ and often brings judgment not upon us, but upon Christ. Now, that we've covered that, why would Paul choose to use this metaphor, this illustration of the body of Christ. I believe there are three really basic reasons why. Number one, I think this. One, it's relatable. All right? I think Paul chose this because it's relatable. How many of you have a hard time grasping the idea of the metaphor as the church of the body of Christ? Using a physical body with lots of parts, yet it's still one thing. Right? My body is one thing. It's singular, yet it's made up of many plural parts. Many plural parts. If you wanted to break it down at the cellular level, wow. Billions and billions of cells make up my human body. All kinds of parts and pieces. You see, it's easy to relate to this, is it not? It's easy. It's easy to relate the idea of the church, all these people coming together to form one body. One body. So it's relatable. The reason that it's relatable is the second thing that we're going to talk about, and that is that it is simple. How, is this complicated at all to any of you? Of course not. This is very, very simple. You see, I believe that it's simple on purpose. I believe that it's simple because it needs to be something that the majority of people can grasp and understand. I know there are parts of the Bible. Some of you are like, I just struggle to read the Bible because I don't understand it, right? Part of that is because there are so many cultural things that we just, we can't grasp. But I think there are important parts of the Bible that are really easy to understand. Jesus was pretty simple when he spoke to people. And so this illustration that Paul uses is not only relatable, but it's relatable because it is so simple to understand. It's relatable, it's simple, and number three, 
It's accessible. And you say, well, what do you mean it's accessible? It's accessible. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus, when he walked on this earth, was accessible to people. Right? You see, Jesus didn't hold himself up in a building and wait for people to come to him. Jesus was accessible everywhere he went. Now, the people who were with Jesus didn't always want him to be so accessible. Okay, there were people who tried to tell Jesus, you're being too accessible. Well, they didn't say it in those words, okay? But Jesus was so incredibly accessible to people. And I believe that Paul uses this illustration of the body because it's relatable, it's simple, and it's accessible. In other words, we all have access to each other through our physical selves. Yes? But I'm only as accessible as I choose to be. You are only as accessible as you choose to be. Yeah? You see, I believe that Jesus tried to lead by example, and I believe that Paul chose this example because it is so relatable. It's relatable because it's simple, right? And it is so incredibly accessible. We can access each other, right? And if we believe that the Spirit of God dwells within each of us, right, that are Christ followers, if you're a Jesus follower, and you believe that the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you then make a part of the Holy Spirit accessible to someone else through you. Because you are a part of the body of Christ. You see, so often we read this passage and we think that it's, and I'm not saying it, it doesn't have something to say to us about how we function in the church, okay? But we've, we've kicked that horse many times, okay? What I want you to think about today is this. I want you to think about how you, as a, a finger or a fingernail or a thumb or a foot or an eyeball or an arm, whatever it is, okay? I want you to think about this. How is it that I, my life, how is it that me, as part of the body of Christ, am providing access to God's spirit to those who do not know it? Y'all follow me? What am I doing? How am I using my life? How am I using my part of the body of Christ to allow access to the spirit of God. Now, I'm not trying to say that God can't access people's spirits without us. But please do not hear me saying that. Like, God's spirit's not big enough to catch somebody where they are and in a moment reveal his spirit to them. What I am saying to you, though, is this. We oftentimes don't stop to think enough about how our individual life reflects the person of Christ or how it should Reflect the person of Christ. I want to leave you with this thought. This is the final thought. This is the main point for today. If you don't remember anything else I've said, okay, I want you to remember this one thing, okay? If I can find it, I want to read it right. In the same way we are often judged because of our bodies, so is Christ. Y'all hear that? One more time. In the same way we are often judged because of our bodies, so 
is Christ. You and me. If you're a person who says, yes, I believe in the person of Jesus, okay? I believe that he came here to die for my sins, to pay a penalty for sins that I could not pay myself. I believe that he rose with the power over sin and death and that he offers me salvation for my sin, right? If you would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, here's what you need to understand. You, okay, you are part of the body of Christ, which means that you are part of what contains his spirit, that you are a part of what identifies him, that you say something about him, and that you, like it or not, can often cause him judgment. Now, what I don't want to do is I don't want any of you thinking, wow, Pastor Brian just stood up here and like reamed me for, you know, whatever, okay? That is not at all what this is, okay? This is an opportunity to encourage us as a body of believers, not to look at the fact that, oh, I have to be careful about what I say, because do you have to be careful? Sure you do. Of course you do. Do you have to be careful about the things that you do to people? Of course you do. But rather than look at, oh, think of all the bad things that can happen when I don't, I want you to think about all of the amazing things that can happen if you do. If you live your life in such a way that it exemplifies, identifies, and says something positive about Christ, what can that mean to all the people around you? If we as a church do what we say we set out to do, and love people like Jesus, what does that say? When people see this body of people, what do they think about Jesus? They will think that he loves them because the people who follow him love them, right? So what I want you to think about today is this. When Paul chooses this metaphor of the body of Christ, it's about more than just encouraging us to all do our part in the church. Should you all play a part? Yes, you should. But that's That's not the primary thought for today. The thought for today is this. As our bodies are often used to judge us, right? In the same way our bodies are often used to judge us, so the same happens with Christ. I want to live my life in such a way that when people see what I do, they can't help but know that Christ has something to do with that. They can't help but know that there's something different. What would make them choose to do X, Y, or Z? Christ is what causes me to choose X, Y, or Z. His spirit dwells within me, right? That is what we want to do as a church. So when we think about this idea of the body of Christ, let it be this, that we have an opportunity to say something about Christ, let the thing that we say be something good and positive and amazing and uplifting. Amen? That is the opportunity that we have as the body of Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, today we come before you. And Lord, I ask that you have moved in the minds and in the hearts of the people that are seated here today. Lord, for each person who's here that says, yes, I am a sold-out follower of Jesus, 
I pray, God, that they would see the incredible opportunity to be able to show who you are to the world around them. Lord, for those who might be here today who say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not sure that I'm sold out and ready to be this follower of Jesus. God, I pray that as they spend time around us as a group of people, they wouldn't be able to help but feel your love coming through us. That we would use this opportunity that we have to show them who you are. That they wouldn't be able to help God but to say, I want that for my life. God, we love you. We praise you. We ask all of this today in your name. Amen. Thanks for being here. Hope you have a great week. Mike Rucker is going to come up. For those, please don't leave just yet. Mike Rucker is going to come up. We're going to have a special closing prayer um, for a member of our church family. Mike, I'm going to turn over you and let you take it from here.